Hello, 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 and welcome to We The People Podcast. I am your host, Jay Conze. Uh, I just want to thank everyone for uh, tapping in, getting involved with these elevated vibes. I'm glad to be here uh, for episode 18, Certified Lovers. Uh, yeah, we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping, just get things rolling real quick, real quick. Uh, like I said, once again, I want to thank everyone. My name is Jay. Uh, I, Jay Conze to be specific, I am a uh, consultant in the clinical research space as, as well as in business development of clinical trials. And uh, I have a background educationally in organizational communication and uh, clinical mental health. Uh, as well as executive staffing. So that's my bona fides. Um, but enough about me. This is more about us. Hence, we the people. Uh, you can reach out to the podcast via Facebook at Podcast We The People. Uh, there is a Facebook group as well as on Instagram at Podcast We The People. Also, uh, I'm available on Instagram as well. Meditation J um twitter meditation j uh you can email the podcast at j for we the people at gmail.com uh available there as well so uh getting all that out of the way um again i want to thank everyone immensely um this was my first run this first season is going to be 20 episodes so we're getting about to it um but I really, really just want to thank all of the uh, the overwhelming support, uh, interaction and participation. I get more emails that I can look at. Um, so it's amazing. And I'm really looking to dive further into this Facebook group, Facebook live thing. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but um, enough about that. And let's talk about why we're all here. So uh, this is. February 6th of 2021 and uh, I don't like to say the date too much to date episodes but some things need to be time capsuled so we're vastly approaching Valentine's Day and um, you know everyone thinks about love and I'll be honest with you I think I was reading something about um drake's new album what is it certified lover boy yeah it's a new album coming out so it kind of had me thinking um and i was thinking a bit in multiple directions about this uh valentine's day like is it so much about love affection or appreciation and or the relationship and i think people oftentimes associate sustainable relationships with love which which i understand the association uh more so what i'm speaking to is like the association of, of romance is often a, which is should be an element of a long-term sustainable relationship however uh i would say like the concept of being lovers um you know it, it's good it, it to me that's more of the sizzle or the spice of the relationship um, and I actually, you know, looked up the definition. Uh, a lover is someone who has a strong liking, uh, affection or uh, attraction 
for something. I added someone to give it more context, but it literally just says for something like you can be a lover of pizza, a wine, a lover of wine, or you can be a lover of a person. Um, less important what it says, more importantly, what it doesn't say. Uh, it doesn't state the hallmarks of relationships. I think being lovers is more of a type of interaction. Um, and just to give context to what we're doing, this little series that's going to wrap up uh, the end of this season of the podcast is called Connections. So Certified Lovers is just another form of connections that we're exploring. So it's all about the overarching theme is connections. Um, you know, what we're connected to and how those connections affect us, um, which is just a further explanation of a dynamic of a relationship. Uh, that being said, certified lovers, lovers particularly, um, that's an element of a sustainable romantic relationship. Uh, so it's a type of connection, type of interaction, a specific type of energy. It could be deep and sustaining or it can be in passing uh you know it's, it's one of those things like oh you know it could be a, an intense two-week fling as a matter of fact oftentimes in you hear extramarital affairs that involve another person that we refer to as their lover because uh in in modern society now it it denotes more so than anything a type of connection romance like an intensity like a, a passion um, and you need that to sustain long-term relationships but it gives you a greater context into how the interaction overlays or interplays um, and this is funny but it's a bit of an aside but it really did make me think uh, just talking about lovers and passion I was having a conversation with uh I guess one of my listeners, um, I know them, so I should say a friend acquaintance, but they're also a listener. Um, I just wanted to, you know, make that a fact. I think the conversation we we're having was structured more around them listening, uh, to the show than actually knowing me. So that's why I frame it that way. But what they were articulating was, um, you know, on Instagram, social media, Facebook, actually everywhere in social media, you have these, uh, th the meme culture or these uh, somewhat I call emotional gaslighting videos. And the reason that I say that, and it's not bashing them, you know, good thoughts and wishes are still good thoughts and wishes. But there's always a, a guy who'll come and say, you know, uh, and sometimes I call it, um, you know, the <laughs> there's something that feels a little bit toxic about it to a certain degree but the long story and short story of it is this uh there'll be a guy and he's usually a rather what would more would consider a good looking gentleman who says that you know uh if he doesn't if he's not doing this he doesn't care if he if he's not if he doesn't do this or if he isn't available then he doesn't care or that means you're not the one or he doesn't want you and i understand that and to a certain extent it's somewhat sound advice or relatively true however da 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 however uh the the fundamental thing that's missing there 
is stating that even if you are the one, if there is such a thing, or if he does care, that automatically, if he has these flaws or poor behavior, that it somehow corrects itself. And I've heard from numerous people that, uh, you know, if you were the one, then he would do this, that, and the third. Um, yet, and they say, I meet people who don't have these problems, and this is very true. However, that's because it depends on what point you're meeting them. Uh, you know, he will work on his issues, but just like, uh, you know, usually someone who stops smoking doesn't just immediately quit and never try to smoke again. Like uh, you, you see it in sobriety, you know, like the 12 step program. There are steps for a reason. It takes steps to get better. Uh, so I always find a flaw in the reasoning in that. And this is the particular flaw in the reasoning. So to say that. This is happening because you're not the one it's assigning blame to a woman for or just stating that it's an immutable fact like he can't do any. better. it's just it's defaulting to you not being the one. So what to me what that does is and this is the the counter argument I proposed. It was based on that reasoning. So basically, if he's not treating you right, that's just because you're not the one for him. So what that does to a certain degree, and this is what I counted with. So if you basically, so if I cheat on you or if I don't treat you right, or if I'm just dogging you out or abusing you, then I could be like, I can just chalk it up to, I guess you're not the one. That's why I'm treating you like this. Cause if you were the one, then I wouldn't treat you like this. So I noticed the logical fallacy in that argument, like right there. And it's the, the crazy thing is so many people adopt this notion. So what this does is it gives a person the sense of the pervading, the pervading thought that there's something wrong with me. And I've noticed that in so many people I've come across in different settings and clients that they'll, the, 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 the prevailing answer you hear is what's wrong with me? What, what's wrong with me? Um, because of something, you know, instead of it being something that's wrong with you, maybe it's just something that you've been through. Or maybe there's something wrong with someone for choosing to treat you that way. If you've treated them in a ethical, respectful and loving manner. Um, so I just think that's interesting. And we kind of need to bring uh, a bit more of awareness to that fact that, uh, you know, this not the, the one finding the one or being the one does not change someone's character. Uh, so it's very little about what's wrong with you and it's more about what's wrong with them. And I think that should be the approach for everyone. Uh, you know, now why you choose to deal with this person, that will be about, that is more about what's wrong with you. Like we all have to do our own level of soul searching. Why do I treat people this way is one question we need to ask ourselves and, if I feel like I've been treated wrongly, why do I seek that treatment out or why do I tolerate that treatment? Uh, but the underlying principle, uh, you know, for the entire perspective of this is going to be the same basic premise that as we it's always about working on yourself. It's always about the self. Um, you have to improve yourself in order to be good to others. So as you continue to work on yourself. It's the laws of attraction. You'll still have problems, but it'll change the nature and depth of your problems. 
Like I had a friend who, you know, used to deal with some real unsavory types. And as they really, really started to do the self-work, then, I mean, they still had problems with different men, but the the type or the quality of men that they were interacting with or the severity of these problems changed in nature. I mean, we want to seek out a life without problems, but I don't think this life exists. The life where we have a handle or we can not fear our problems is the more realistic, peaceful life that we that we should strive for. Um, I believe it was, um, it may have been Oscar Wilde actually, who said, uh, we suffer from, we suffer from two things, um, getting what we want and not getting what we want. And I always found that to be so true. But uh, just even in the context of lovers, uh, you know, passion is great. It's a dope thing. It's good to be passionate. And it fuels a relationship to a certain point. To me, it's more like the starter or the ignition to a a lasting relationship. Um, You know, and when I say that, it's it's pretty much it's what gets it started. And once it's started, you you know, you you get enough RPMs, you're revving, you're rolling. Um, But, you know, what happens is anytime the car stops, you need to start it and you can't really get heat or AC without starting the car. So that's why, you know, lovers are the, the romantic element. And I don't even know if lovers fully, con- it, I feel like it constitutes romance and passion. Um, you know, that that's, that is the lover. Uh, you know, that's the lover in a healthy sense. They excite you. They intrigue you. They entice you. Uh, you know, and with everything, there is the healthy version and then there's the darker or toxic version of it. So, you know, the unhealthy or toxic lover will distract you, make you lose control. Uh, uh, there's different types of cravings. It'll create a vulnerable craving. And that, that, that vulnerable craving is what we call addiction. Uh, craving is just, I really want this. So when I get off work, I'm going to go get, you know, some cake. Now addiction is I'm going to call out of work just so I can go pick up some cake. Uh, so the, the, the healthy lover creates the desire, but you uses it as a motivator. The unhealthy lover or the toxic lover will use that as more so a distraction. And that's a key difference. Uh, a lot of people won't make that inference, but uh, being able to differentiate uh, what you like, what you want, and what's good for you is fundamental to you enjoying your life and being productive in your life because those are two different things. Um, you can have fun and be stuck. Uh, that fun won't last. Um, so I've learned to value growth over fun. Like, uh, you know, the, like being a lover is very intense. It's cool, but it's not good to stay in that space permanently. It should be a part of who you are, but it shouldn't be the only articulation of your character. And I've seen this hurt many men, whether it's, uh, you know, just the, the sexual prowess, anything like that. These are strong and necessary parts of you. 
but when they consume too much of the whole, you become imbalanced. So the the guy who stays in, you know, just who can only occupy the characteristics of the lover, he's not someone you can grow with. You're not normally you're not going to buy a home together because he's just passion and intrigue. He's not investment. Investment is a investment and loyalty are significant factors in human beings developing long sustainable relationships so you need to be lovers but you also know how to need you also need to know how to be more and to be other things uh because you know there's a time where you need a lover and there's a time where you need a teacher there's a time where you need a friend there's a time where you need a mentor there's a time where you need a partner uh, so it's one, it's an important, it's an extremely important hat. Don't let me understand. Don't let me understate this because a, uh, an interaction absence of passion is ultimately going to result in boredom, disenchantment, and for many people, mischievous behavior. Uh, we as human beings, we will seek passion. We will seek passion. Even if we say we're bored or I care. When you see some of these relationships and you see the absence of passion and you think the people are fine, uh, they just may be seeking it elsewhere. But we're driven. We're driven by our passions. Where you know, I try to be a rational person as well, but human beings are not wholly rational. Because if you think about it, you know, choosing to build a life with a stranger and cohabitate and take on additional flaws. And then they're taking on flaws too. But that's not the most rational thing. Love isn't the most rational emotion. Um, but uh, to get a little bit more into what I would say is the nitty gritty of this, right? Um, many people think that lovers is, you know, marked by a sexual relationship. Um, you know, I've always heard the saying that a woman cheats with her mind and her heart before she ever physically cheats. Um, I don't know to the extent which that is true. I mean, I can understand some of the thought process behind that, but I will say that forming emotional connections or affinity, um, you know, like when you hear terms, a lot of times people will just try to codify them as my work wife or work husband or work boyfriend or work girlfriend. That means they're having, it may not be sexual, but they're having prolonged interaction with a colleague and they've developed a strong liking. So, and you know, whether it's getting them lunch every day and just talking and, and there's nothing, nothing harder to break than the connection formed in the sapiosexual nature. Um, that is the, you know, like the attraction or the, the aroused, being aroused by intellect. Uh, you know, that is very, very, very hard to break. And, you know, I would tell guys or guys would tell me at certain points, you know, when people period, when your significant other finds someone more credible than you or, you know, they're, they, they're drawn to how they're thinking, then you're in trouble uh, because being attracted to someone's mind is, is, is a very dangerous thing. It's a very deep draw in. It's 
extremely different. Uh, being attracted to someone's mind changes the way you think. Um, I know people, you know, depending on what level of misogyny certain men subscribe to or whatever, and even some women subscribe to misogyny. But, um, you know, they'll tell you, oh, he, uh, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't care or like it's just physical. Like I've seen women too. They just, they, they can, you just have sex with someone and, you know, you, you know, if the connection isn't there, if it isn't formed, you can continue to move on. Now, there may be some consternation and things like that, but if there is a deep intellectual connection, you're going to crave things beyond that person. You won't just go to them for physical needs. And there are some people who will just go to certain other people for to fulfill a physical need. And that's fine. But when you need to fulfill a mental need, you find it very difficult from staying away from that person for a prolonged amount of time. You know, it's, it's very hard to walk away from that. That is a strong staple of what some people would call soul ties. Um, you know, the, the effective lover, he can, cre can, they can create, and I slipped up and said, he, <laughs> I don't know if, uh, yeah, that's there. Um, may, you know, and when you think, maybe you're thinking about, we always see it as ourselves. So maybe I was thinking about it from the male perspective, but the, the lover, it doesn't just, it's not, it's any, t any type of relationship. It's not just sexual. It doesn't just exist in that ethos. Um, but there's a solidification that occurs from it in that, uh, perspective, being that if it is sexual in nature however it's really about drawing someone in and and really really taking hold of their perspective uh and it's really about understanding all of that is required to understand how they think now you can understand how they think with their mind and you can also understand what they feel so the sapiosexual lover is going to really understand how a person thinks and they're going to fill their head with thoughts that are provoking, enticing, and ultimately arousing. However, the, the physical lover or the sexual lover, he's going to understand how their body communicates physically not just intellectual, not intellectually, but physically. So he'll know what pleases a person and physiologically in a way that their body cannot not respond to it. Um, that's also dangerous. You know, physical addiction, mental addiction that goes back to the dark, uh, you know, the, the healthy side of it is that they please you and nurture you. The dark side of it is where you become a slave. So you participate in other elements of a relationship just because of the the physical lover. So you'll engage in, you know, a full-fledged 360 relationship because you can't, you're connected to the physical lover. Or you, some, and it happens sometimes too, where sometimes you're connected to that sapi, sapiosexual lover. So because of the mental stimulation and new information and awareness and just different things it creates, 
It may lag physically. Um, you may seek the physicality elsewhere or the sexual interaction elsewhere, but you still remain connected to uh, that intellectual element or that mental element because it is, it, it, it's providing you with something you can't get elsewhere. And, you know, people think that this is something, a lot of men will find this, think this is feminine in nature, but men have been doing it for the longest time. When they say you take two, I used to hear things like, you take two dime, you take two nickels to make a dime. Uh, and all that really is saying is that, you know, you can, you know, be connected to this one person. You have one lover who is, provides you with that physical stimuli and you have another lover, whether it's nurturing or intellectual, provides you with a different type of stimuli that's not present with the physical stimuli. So you're amassing these different type of lovers to try to create what I would call the certified lover. The certified lover is the holistic lover. It may or may not articulate that person into a relationship, but and it often does because what it does is it allows them to sustain you or intrigue you, arouse you, entice you, give you new or deeper or stimulating feelings mentally, sexually. Uh, and, uh, you know, when I say mentally, that that flows into spiritually or emotionally. Um, they're just they're just making they're creating new neural pathways in your brain that is intoxicating for some people it's more intoxicating than any physical stimulation oftentimes you may see like the certified lover may become the best friend the close best friend that they can't depart from because they tell them things that they'll never hear elsewhere and they're able to listen in a way that and interpret and it only grows over time and they're able to listen and interpret in a way that they feel no one else can. Uh, you know, now if they're of the opposite danger, these things can be very tricky and dangerous. But these are, these are real things. Um, you know, and, you know, I'm talking about the, the intellectual properties of that sapiosexual lover. However, um, that, when that same person, you know, possesses, uh, you know, visual appeal to you, or you know you're, you're you know you're attracted to them visually, and they're able to. I don't want to use the word consummate, but in the environment where it presents itself, where there's a physical or sexual connection, and that also. You know that also that sexual the the sexual lover that they present, if that connects to you physically then, you know, that, that, that very much in a certain way can be a soul tie. And that's, and, and I think people have been aware of this. And that's why some people say, oh, I want to preserve the friendship because they recognize that they're so drawn in on this level, just of, off of verbal and emotional and intellectual connection, that they won't be able to maintain control of the situation or salvage the situation if the physical connection is equal to what the mental and emotional connection is, then they recognize that they'll be losing a level of control and autonomy. And on the other side of that, typically what they're, uh, and I usually hear this more from 
uh, you know, the, the women that I, that would, that I would interact with is that the fear would be that they, if things don't go well, they'll lose both that sapiosexuals stimuli uh, or that they'll lose, they'll lose the lover on both sides. So they rather maintain one value than risk the possibility of getting two. That's how valuable they find the connection. So oftentimes that's what you'll hear in, you know, the I don't want to ruin the friendship. That just let, recognizes the depth and the connection. Uh, the certified lover uh, embodies what you need from a person. And what you need from a person is not always, or I put it, it embodies what you want from a person. Now, that's the big difference. So these, none of this, like I said earlier, art necessarily articulates into a relationship, but it's going to be something that you desire to have a relationship with if this, if the lover is certified, meaning they're providing that, 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 that deep liking, that attraction to the thoughts, the emotions, and the physicality or sexual energy or interaction. Uh, it's a formidable foe to be up against to a certain degree. Um, but I'm really interested to hear, uh, you know, a lot of what, you know, you all have to say about this. So please feel free to uh, drop a message, drop a comment, um, shoot an email, send a DM. But I really want to hear uh, your experiences and your thoughts around this. Uh, you know, have you dealt with a sapiosexual lover? Have you dealt with that strong physical collection from a sexual lover? Um, or have you been, have you interacted or have you found or discovered or met your certified lover? Let me know. Um, we're going to wrap it up here. I want to thank everyone for tapping in and tuning in to the Elevated Vibes. We the People podcast. Uh, this experience is done. You, you all do more for me than I could ever do for you. I really want to thank everyone for tapping in. Stay safe. Stay elevated. And uh, let's keep going. We'll do it again. Peace. Mm -hmm.